Hey everybody, I want to say thank you to everybody that used the hashtag AskRJS on Twitter or joined the Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord and left a comment in the appropriate channel. Uh, this is the Saturday show, and on the Saturday show I talk about all the stuff that you guys want me to talk about. So without further ado, I'm going to start off with a tweet from RabbitGeek uh, at NintendoFit. That's N-I-N-1-0-DOFIT. I like that uh, that handle. And they said, uh, question for Saturday. With the cancellation of E3, how would you foresee the publishers to present their games? Nintendo Direct-style presentations or something else? All right, so thank you very much for the uh, question. I would say that... If I were in charge, you know, in a magical universe where somehow they decide that Bill gets to be in charge of something like that, I would say, and and I kind of talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show, but I would say all publishers who were planning on doing some kind of presentation at E3, tell me what you're doing. Tell me, the head of ESA, what your plan is. We'll coordinate so that nobody steps on anybody else's toes. We'll do E3 so that it would be exactly the same as it would have been, except nobody's doing a live show. Nobody has a bunch of people coming together. We're just doing online presentations, kind of like Nintendo Direct, but they're all timed out perfectly. So one goes into the next, goes into the next, goes into the next. I think at the end of the day, that would be the best thing for the industry as a whole. Now, I anticipate, you know, companies like Sony who weren't going to E3 anyway. I anticipate that they were going to do something anyway. What will happen now? I mean, the reason that they don't go to E3 is because of the expense. So who's to say that there's anything that could stop them from saying, hey, ESA, uh, let us take a look at your schedule and we'll jump in on that schedule too. It's not that... Sony necessarily had a problem with E3. They just realized that spending all that money to go to E3 was money and resources that could be better placed elsewhere. And I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of companies out there that are going to realize this as well. And I think that we're looking at the end of E3 as we know it. I've talked about this before. In fact, I asked a question last week. I think that we are looking at the end of E3 as we know it, but that doesn't mean that it, that the ESA can't continue to lead this really cool thing in June where all of the gaming companies uh, share what they're working on in order to get us hyped about stuff, and they all stop fighting for five seconds and work together to make sure that they have a, con- a, a consistent message throughout a few days' time. I think that that, honestly would be the best uh, the best way to do things. Thank you very much for the question. Now, speaking of questions, I asked a question. I said, do you think we will have E3 2021 next year, or do you think E3 is now dead? Reply with your reasons. And uh, 57.6% said, yes, we will see it next year, although I, I typed next year because I guess it cut off the R and I didn't notice. And then 42.4% said, no, E3 is gone. Now, I can't read every single comment that came in, but I can look 
at uh, I, I could talk about a few of them. Uh, Anthony Ragucci tweeted. He said the show will never be the same. But yeah, we'll see it. I can elaborate more if you want. And I should have replied to that and asked them to. But uh, I didn't see that until just this instant. Uh, Roger Ling says, I think this is the death of E3. Everyone will realize how outdated the format is, and everyone will do like Sony and Nintendo with their state of plays and Nintendo directs. Uh, William Millard says, just because E3 canceled for the epidemic precaution doesn't mean that they have scrapped it altogether. I think we will see it for at least another few years before another expo takes over. I I gotta say, I don't think that there will be another expo that takes the place of E3. Uh, we do have the Game Awards at the end of the year, um, and and those are like a miniature E3 where we get a lot of announcements, but most of those aren't... Like, the difference between E3 and the Game Awards is you don't go to the Game Awards and play a bunch of these games, whereas with E3, you tend to be able to do that. So I, I would say that... For in the future, I don't think that we're going to be seeing E3 the way that it has been, where you go there, uh, companies spend a ridiculous amount of money on getting a booth, and then uh, you know they let people play it. I think what we'll see more of is digital presentations, hopefully coordinated by the ESA, and maybe some demos that people can download. Uh, posted to, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, Steam, etc. For instance, last year at the Game Awards, uh, they had a partnership with Steam where they had a bunch of games that were announced that you could play for, I think it was like four or five hours or something like that. I can't remember the details because I didn't actually try it. Uh, But I anticipate seeing something like that in the future. And while I am disappointed at the idea that E3 may be dead as far as we know it. For me, it shouldn't be a huge change because, you know, I'm a teacher. It happens in June. And um, (laughs) June is when I'm prepping my students for uh, big uh, tests at the end of the year. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to say, hey, everybody, I'm going to call in this week and go to California for E3. So I've never been able to go, and I don't anticipate ever being able to go unless it's still going in 15 to 20 years when I retire. Uh, So uh, not a huge change for me. But uh, if you disagree for any particular reason, let me know at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. All right, let's move on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I got a, a, a Discord message from Crazy Legs. Uh, join our Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. There's over 1,100 people there. And they're awesome people who want to have conversations uh, with other awesome people like you. Anyway, Crazy Legs uh, sent this message in to Discord. He said, Disney is releasing Frozen 2 on Disney Plus tomorrow 
as opposed to June 26 due to COVID-19. Do you think Nintendo should make Animal Crossing available now as well, or would retailers be upset because physical copies may not be available to out to put on on shelves yet? A couple of typos there. Uh, I, at least I assume so. Um, well, okay. Here's how I look at it. If we didn't have anything else to play, then yes, go ahead and and release that game early. That'd be great. Uh, if Nintendo did release the game early, I'd be like, all right, awesome. That's cool. That's very nice of them. Do I think it's necessary? No, I don't think it's necessary. There's thousands of games on the Nintendo Switch. I think I have over 400 games on my Nintendo Switch as it is. Plus, I've got Xbox games on uh, Xbox Game Pass. I've got Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which... Oh my God is awesome. I should talk about that on the show at some point. It's so good. Um, I've got my PlayStation. I've got Stadia. I've got my PC. I've been playing, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the, the, the game from Larian Studios. That's the company that's making Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. I've been playing that. I ended up picking that up on Steam instead of my Nintendo Switch because it was on sale on Steam. Um, I've got tons of stuff to play. And guess what? So does everybody else. Everybody has tons of stuff to play. Now, I'm very, very excited for Animal Crossing. Don't get me wrong. And I can't wait to play it when it comes out on the 20th, which is only six days away. Oh, man, I'm so excited. But for Nintendo to upend things and change their plans midstream, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. For is, for Disney to do this... I. There's there's no shortage of things to watch on Disney Plus already. Is it cool that they did it? Sure. But it, to me, it just kind of feels like a, a, a publicity stunt. Hey, look at how nice we are. And that's fine. And that's totally fine. Uh, you do make a good point, Crazy Legs, about the idea that retailers would be like, come on, now we can't put it on there. Although at the end of the day, I bet you that they already have copies of Animal Crossing in stores in the back room waiting to go on shelves. I guess the thing that you just made me think of that I hadn't really thought of before is how will this this uh, pandemic affect the physical games industry? Places like GameStop, which are already limping along, bleeding out, um, you know, Target and Walmart. How are are these these parts of the gaming industry going to be affected? Because, you know, if if people are told, hey, you should stay the hell inside your house, and if you're not feeling very well, then you should stay in your house and make sure you wash your hands and don't come into contact with people if you can avoid it. So buy your games digitally, maybe. I know that there's a lot of physical collectors out there that would hear me say that and they'd be like, Bill, what the hell is your problem? Why are you saying that? I'm just saying uh, maybe this, depending on how long this uh, COVID-19 stuff goes on for, maybe this will push people in the way of digital. I don't know. It's a very interesting question. Electronic fun with computers and games. The magazine of the computer age. Easy to read, witty, and informative. It's the ultimate magazine for gamers and computer users of all ages. 
Tom Ferguson tweeted at me. They said, hey, Run Jump Stomp, I just want to know two things. Do you have a guilty pleasure type of game? And what are your thoughts of E3 being possibly canceled? All right. Well, he sent this on March 11th. So uh, E3 is obviously canceled. So we know that it's canceled now. What are my thoughts on it? I kind of tackled that at the beginning. So I'm going to tackle the second half or the first half of the question here. Do I have a guilty pleasure type of game? Um. I don't re- I never feel guilty for enjoying what I enjoy and nobody really should. However, I understand what you mean by that. Is there a game that I keep going back to maybe? And I would say Apex Legends. I know it's not on Nintendo Switch yet. I wish it were because I know that there's a lot of people out there who only have a Switch and they're missing out on a really really fun game. Uh but I've been playing a ton of uh apex legends on my ps4 lately and i just love that game uh so i've been playing lots and lots of that and you know i will say i don't feel guilty for enjoying that but i feel guilty for playing that when i have other things that i need to be playing so for instance i have uh, a few games let me grab my switch real quick and uh, i can talk about this All right, so I grabbed my Switch, and I've got on my Switch a bunch of games that I need to get some more time into so that I can talk about them on the show at some point. Um, I I bought Doom. It was on sale. It's it's awesome, and I played about half of it and then never picked it back up again. Uh, Adler's Blood is a game that was sent to me. I don't know anything about it. It's got a cool um, uh, cover, and I need to check that out. Uh, I've got La Mulana 1 and 2, as well as Under Hero uh, and Bubble Bobble for Friends. All are games that I need to uh, put some time into so that I can talk about them on the show, but I keep going back and playing Apex Legends. So, yes, I guess I feel guilty for playing Apex Legends, not because I feel guilty for enjoying it, but because I know that as a content creator... I have other stuff that I am supposed to be doing. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will I will uh, um, take this question and I will turn it on to the, the audience. Uh, all of you out there listening to this, do you have a guilty pleasure game that you love to play? And uh, what is it? Let me know in the uh, when you reply to the tweet that I'm going to send out right now. All right, I got. I I tweeted out um, when we saw this Lego thing, uh, the idea of the Lego thing. When we saw that, I tweeted out, let's assume for a moment that we're getting a Lego Mario game. We didn't. Uh, What kind of game would you want it to be? A traditional Lego game or a traditional Mario game with a Lego skin? And uh, I asked you guys, and 61% of you said that they want a traditional Mario-style game with a Lego skin on it, and 39% of you said a traditional Lego game featuring Mario. Uh, So let's take a look at some of the replies that I got. Uh, Atomic Bravd on Twitter says, Imagine Tanuki Mario turning to stone on a switch while Raccoon Luigi breaks blocks with his tail to reach a vine block so you can reach a red brick to unlock times two studs so that you can purchase a Hammer Bro character and finally destroy silver items. He may have sold me on a traditional Lego game featuring Mario. That seems really, really cool. Uh, Bowser13 said, 
take the Super Mario Maker 2 story of trying to build a castle with Mario 64 style of game in which Lego Mario and Emmett have to find the right bricks to build each section. Oh my God. You guys have got some really, really cool and unique ideas. Nintendo, are you listening? Uh, Leonard, uh, Leonard, I'm not going to try and pronounce your last name, Leonard. It starts with a G. He says, I'm having trouble answering this because all I want is to buy my daughter and myself a Lego Mario set that we can build together, which is what I hope is what this is. Well, Leonard, I've got good news for you. That's exactly what it was, and it looks really cool. Uh, it, let me know. Here's my next question. Are you going to be picking up the Lego Mario set? Uh, and uh, do you anticipate buying all of the sets or just the initial set and uh, making up your mind afterwards? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, the next question that I asked, and I wanted to see what you all thought, uh, I said, predict the price for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. We're supposed to be getting these at the end of this year, and I wanted to know what you thought was the price that we would see. Not the price that you want to see, but what price do you predict that we will actually get? And I said, reply with your reasons. Again, this is over on my uh, Twitter, at RunJumpStomp. Um I, I gave us four choices, $399, $499, $599, and $699. And 53% of people said $499 is the price that they anticipate that we will get. 34% of people said six, uh, I'm sorry, $599. Only 6% of people said $699. And 6% of people said $399. Uh, so I, I, for me, I think that we're going to be getting that $499 price point. I also think that we'll get the Xbox Series S at a cheaper price point. Now, some people are predicting $300 at $299. I don't think that that's going to happen. I'm thinking probably um, probably $399. So you'll be able to get the Series S for $400, the Series X for $500. And then after after a year maybe, or or something like that, then the Series X would drop $100, and the Series S would drop $100, and then they would have two price points for the Xbox, and I, I, I have no idea what, what Sony is going to do. Uh, very, very interested in seeing that. Uh, so, uh, let's see, Stadia Weekly said, I voted $699. They will lose a lot of money per console sold at lower prices. Plus, if you go buy the original price of the PS3, which is nowhere near as powerful as the PS5 will be, the PS5 can't be lower than the PS3 launch price. I get what you're saying. I disagree with that. Uh, the PS4 was lower than the PS3 launch price because the PS3 launch price was uh, widely panned like everybody said, you know, kind of screw you, Sony. And that's why Xbox 360 did so well that generation. 
uh, Lotus of Doom says, I don't think that they'll have matching prices. I'm assuming $4.99 for PS5 and $5.99 for the Xbox. That's very interesting. Uh, Steve Dickens says, I think it's the other way around. Xbox wants to outsell PlayStation. Last go-around, PS4 was less than Xbox and PlayStation ran away initially and over long-term. I will say that I don't think that the idea of price was the sole reason that the Xbox One didn't do so well. Microsoft had a little bit of an Icarus syndrome going on there. And they said they they did a lot they made a lot of mistakes in their announcement. And then Sony came in after Xbox made all of these announcements and people were like, I don't really like what you're saying here microsoft and sony was like um yeah we're not going to do that and we're not going to do that and we're not going to do that so if you don't like those things that microsoft just said then buy a ps4 and that's basically why the ps4 did so well this this time around uh anyway thank you all for the um the the replies i'm gonna send out another uh, another tweet another tweet this time, it's going to be asking, what is the price you're willing to pay for the next-gen uh, systems? How much are you willing to pay for the PS4, I'm sorry, for the PS5 and Xbox Series X? All right, the last thing for today, I asked, what is the game that got you hooked on gaming? Somebody asked me this question, and I replied to it. Uh, and then I wanted to know what, what was the game that got you hooked on gaming? Uh, and I got a bunch of answers. I can't read all of them on the show, so I'll just grab a couple of them. Uh, Jordan Williams said, Pokemon, when I was 10-ish, it got me into games until I was in college. Then the Switch and Splatoon 2 got me hooked back into it. Matt Squatch says, Mario 3. Every weekend I went to my dad's, we'd, we'd rent it and would play all weekend until he got me a Super Nintendo with Mario All-Stars and we didn't have to rent Super Mario Brothers 3 anymore. That makes me think, you know what? I'm going to send out a tweet right now and that tweet is going to read, which do you think is the better Mario game? Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario World? Um, For me, actually, you know what? I'm not going to answer this today. I will answer this question next Saturday uh, when I have all of your feedback as well, uh, 99, well, okay. I, you know what? I'm not even going to say, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking right now. I'm just going to let you guys answer first, but I'm very curious what you think about the the difference between those two games. Uh, so thank you for giving me something, uh, to think about there, Matt Squatch, Audie Norman, uh, who is a fantastic artist and actually drew like uh, a picture of me. Uh, back when I was a contestant on America's Next Top Podcaster, they said The Legend of Zelda. I was all about that game, getting the few that existed at the time guides to figure out where everything was and looking at the instruction booklet back when games came with those over and over, especially for the artwork. Speaking of artwork, if you want to check out uh, Audie's uh, artwork, his Twitter handle is at oddly normal one. And he's very, very talented. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, let's see. We got a lot of replies to this one. Uh, Reggie fils meme Not Reggie fils He has not replied to me yet. Reggie fils meme says, The original Mario. I remember going to Kmart with my dad to buy a Nintendo Entertainment System, and I had no idea what we were getting. 
I'd never even heard of video games before then. Uh, we'll do one more uh, reply, and that would be Eric Smith. Eric Smith said, Tecmo Bowl and wrestling on Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, when you say wrestling, it makes me think of pro wrestling, and I'm not sure if that's the game that you're talking about, Eric, uh, but pro wrestling on the Nintendo Entertainment System, I loved that game. And that was the one where you could be like a lizard guy or that dude that had like a star on his face. Uh, my friends and I would go, we would go, we would all like, I, I lived in like a neighborhood. Um, we called it the flats because it was very, very flat where, where we were. And there were hills on both sides of the neighborhood, but we lived in the, the flat area and me and my friend, Matt and my friend, Nate and my friend, Tim, we would all hang out and go over to Tim's house and we would play basketball in the backyard and uh, then we would go upstairs in Tim's house and we would play. We would we would bring all of our collective Nintendo Entertainment System games with us. And we would go upstairs in Tim's house and we would play tons and tons of games, including wrestling or, or pro wrestling on the Nintendo Entertainment System. I loved that game. All right. I said that that was going to be the last one. We're going to pick one more game. And that is going to be uh, this one by... Uh, at Devin P7786, they said EverQuest. And I got I have to say that EverQuest is one of my favorite games of all time. I was totally hooked on that for a long time. And I just want to uh, take a minute and say, please check out my podcast, 143 Pixels. Uh, every episode of that, it's me talking to somebody about a specific game. And there's an episode of that where I talk to David Brevik, the creator of of the Diablo franchise. And he and I talk about how EverQuest completely changed his life. Um, it's a really, really fun conversation. And I hope that you will check it out. It, he doesn't have the best audio quality, but that's okay because it's it's good enough. And he's uh, he. it was a really, really fun conversation. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm going to say one more. I keep saying that there's just one more, but I had so many really good replies. Uh, I'll say one more, and this one is uh, Derek Birch. He says, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past absolutely consumed my five-year-old mind. It came with a large fold-out map that I'd take to school to pour over every detail during recess and plot my adventures for that afternoon. I just couldn't get enough. Anyway... Thank you to everybody who replied to any of my questions, any of my tweets this week. Uh, make sure that you follow me on Twitter. I'm at RunJumpStomp. If you did not know, you can join the Discord at RunJumpStomp.com slash Discord. There's a bunch of people in there waiting to talk to you. All right. This show is part of the giant size team up network if you want to find out more about the other shows on the network head on over to gstu.net and if you are looking for ways to support the show then head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you and thank you thank you everybody for listening to this show you're all awesome and the music that you're hearing right now is Star Fox uh, remix by Noteblock you guys are fantastic I'll see you next time bye bye